0: Welcome to the Winback Marketing Podcast. There's gold buried in your lost customers. And in this podcast, you'll learn how sales and marketing leaders mine that gold using Winback Marketing. This week, my guest is Stefan Seguin. Stefan is an enterprise sales leader and advisor to companies like Microsoft and VMware. He'll be sharing the biggest mistakes companies make around Winback. And he also has a great story about turning around a huge deal immediately after being blindsided.
1: Welcome, Stefan. Great to have you on the show. Hey, Dan. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you and with your audience today. I'm really grateful. Thank you.
0: So before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: Sure, definitely. From Montreal, Canada, been in sales pretty much my entire professional career, which is 25 years. Avid sportsman. Love the great outdoors, love the hunting and the fishing, but also I love hockey and definitely in terms of the business itself. I've worked for corporations like IBM, like Lenovo, HPE, both Canada, spent most of my time in Canada and the U.S. Covered very large corporate accounts, up to Fortune 500 accounts, two large public sector accounts and everything in between. And I've been doing that now for, like I said before, about 25 years and in 2020, decided to open my own business, and it's a consulting, sales consulting and sales coaching business. So I've been there since, and I'm truly enjoying it. Can you yes. share
0: one of your favorite stories about winning
1: back a school customer? Sure. As you can imagine, over a 25-year period, there's all kinds of stories, good ones and not-so-good ones, and the one I have today, actually, it, was, it, it strikes, like it's still stuck in my memory because it's so vivid, right? And why it's so vivid was because of the unexpected outcome. This happened about, I would say, maybe was about 20 years ago. And we've been working, there was a MAR I was working with locally in Montreal. We'd been exchanging and working on a project with a large financial institution. And we were just going back and forth on this one and you know, nine months later, we come to uh, a meeting request from the customer and we, we end up just going into their office downtown and we're sitting at their in the conference room. And at the time I expected to have the IT director, the CTO, as well as the CFO present. And oh and behold, surprise, only the CFO was there. And he had this kind of strange look and body language. And I'm saying, oh, this doesn't sound good. and doesn't look good either. <laughs> I'm sure you've been there before, right? So he goes about and says, great guys, thank you for coming here to tell you that essentially, first of all, you're 15% too expensive. And based on the information I'm getting from sources that what you're proposing is not top of the line and we're replacing gear that's the entire environment that's five years old. We want to get something that's going to be the best of the best. And at that point, I'm saying, what just happened, right? Like my eyes just glazed over. What the heck is this? And I look over at my account exec that's at the bar and he's just like totally flabbergasted. I think he was about to have a heart attack. <laughs> so I turn around and I'm saying, okay, look, this is, we got to go for broke here because if we don't, it's for sure we're going to lose this deal. So I turn around and I look at the CFO and I said, you know what? I think you're right. I think this is what you should do. I think you should go with our competitor. And now he's told. Totally taken aback. I said, He's expecting a big fight. What are you right. talking about? This, that, you know, the other thing. And I said, yeah, you're right. I think you should go with a competitor. So now there's a silence in the room. Like you could have heard a pin drop, right? And I said to him, I said, before we go, here's the one thing I want you to think about. Just keep this in mind. We all know that the environment that we're building for you is to run several things within the bank but specifically month-end reports and quarterly reports, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, imagine, and we we all know that when you're running these reports, it's either a Friday night or an entire weekend. Yeah. Okay. I said, now, I'm just going to paint a picture for you. And I want you to, before you answer, just look at this. I said, imagine now, this happens on a Friday night and your entire system goes down. Your entire infrastructure goes down. Oh, yeah, but that doesn't matter. I've got support contracts. Yeah, you're right. It's great. But I said, did you ever think that now you place that call with support and support's doing the log and they're checking their logs and they come back and they say to you, actually, the problem is not with us. The problem is with the other guys with their switches. And so you start panicking, right? Call the other guys. You call us on the switches. and so The servers are down and it's caused by your switches. And our guys tell you, they check their logs and they're saying no, nope, it's the servers. Now you're getting this tug of war, right? Now imagine you have to set up a call and bring those two parties together that, that don't like each other. What do you do? Right. What do you do next? Now imagine, let, let's take that a step even further, that you're down for one, two, three, four, maybe five hours, maybe an entire weekend. How would that, how would you feel? How would your executives, what would your executives think about that situation? How would that make you look to your executives? And I just stopped talking. right? And he was just floored. He's never saw that question coming. And. So she looked at me and he said, let me get back to you. Just bear with me for 10 minutes. And he bolted out of that conference room. On the other side of the table, my, the var I was working with, he's looking at me. He says, it's like you, you're out of control, <laughs> man. You can't do this. We're going to get escorted out by security for sure. I guarantee it. I'm saying, just be patient. So it took about maybe 10, 15 minutes. And the CFO comes back and he's looking at me. And the surprising thing is he actually shook my hand and he said to me, you know what? Thank you for making me realize potential impact of making a decision like that. I never thought, you know, what you you brought up, I never thought. And the people I spoke with never brought this potential up. I've changed my mind. We're going with you. And now he has a big smile on his face and he says, okay, can you cut that deal? Can you cut 15% off your price? And I'm saying, no, can't happen. John, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Giving you the best that I can do. And I've got management on this. The prices are valid till 5 p.m. tonight. How do we move forward? And he said, okay, you'll get your PO before 5 p.m. So he gently escorted us out of the room and into the front door. And I went with the VAR to the restaurant across the street and the VAR is telling me, he says, you know what? And as long as I've been doing this, I've never seen an end result like that. Living through an experience like that, what I want to share with you and your audience is the following. Even when things are at their worst and you think that, you know what, that's it, you're dead. Sometimes if you're quick enough and you think on your feet, you might just be able to say a few things that may actually change the game totally. An unexpected outcome, something like that, that can totally make a difference. In this case, it did make a difference for us and it was positive. Is it going to work all the time? No. But certainly, when sometimes you need to take those risks. So that was for me, one of the best win backs that I can talk, that I can think of that I've had that really stuck with me. That kind of an exchange, it was great.
0: That's, uh, that's tremendous. You totally interrupted their thinking process. They were discombobulated by saying, yeah, you should go with the competitor. And then you pulled very significant value out, significant value that they hadn't thought of before. Now, did you just do this on the, the moment, or was this a piece of value that you were holding back in case the customer didn't decide to come back with you?
1: You know what? To be frank with you, it was right there and then that I came up with that. Because I never saw that coming. I wasn't expecting the CEO to come up and say, you know what, guys, I've pretty much made my decision to go the other way. I wasn't expecting that. So it was almost like a last ditch effort to save the ship, right? The burning ship and hopefully turn around. And in this case, I was able to paint a picture that was brutal enough, like it hit, it hit home, right? It hit him personally on how he would look and how he would feel. And I think that's what made the difference, but I never planned that. I just... Never saw never thought of that, like up front like that. Well, it was brilliant. Well done. Very nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. So do you, do you have another story
0: that you could share about lost client that you've gone back to and won them back?
1: I I do have one. And the one that, another one that I have in mind is actually a bit of a similar story to the first one I shared with you. This was a, uh, a manufacturing company who their entire infrastructure was with them and They had brought us in. We had been exchanging the same kind of scenario, right? Equipment, aging infrastructure. We were working with another VAR at the time. And I get a call from the VAR who tells me, look, all hell is breaking loose. The customer is really upset with you guys. He's getting feedback from the competition that your products are not up to snuff and so on and so forth. And I'm saying, okay, what the heck is this? Like, why has this coming out? Why is this coming out now after doing all this work? So basically the virus says, look, you got 24 hours to tell me, you know, what your availabilities are. We have to go up there and meet with the client. I said, okay, so who's going to be there? So he says, basically the IT teams be there, the CTO, CFO, and press. okay. As we're driving down there to meet with the client, I'm with my systems engineer and I'm telling him, I said, you know what? I, this is really weird. Like, I don't get this, right? From going, everything going right to how can this go so wrong? So there's got to be some people doing some stuff in the back end that we are not aware of. He says, yeah, I agree with you. And based on my experience, I've never seen this. So anyways, we're going back and forth and we end up, we, we get to the conference room at the customer site and effectively I look at everybody in the room, there's probably like 15 of us and everybody from the customer's end is all pretty much sitting away from the conference room table with their arms crossed and nobody's talking, saying, okay, this can't be good. This can't be good, especially with the president, just like with a frown face. And I'm saying, okay, not good. And I, when I look at the VAR, he's got a bit of a smirk on his face. And I'm saying, okay, we introduce ourselves formally because I hadn't been introduced to the president previously. And he introduced ourselves. And right away, the VAR jumps in and says, oh, customer's really upset with you guys. The solution you're bringing up not up to par. And you're tra- taking advantage of the customer, of, of them, and pricing are way too high. And i oh my God, where is this coming from? And then I started thinking about the competitor that VAR was also working with that competitor and that competitor, their backend deals that we're getting were a lot richer than what we were offering at the time. And I put two and two together. I said, I don't know for sure, but I think this is what's going on. As I am introducing myself, I put the presentation to PowerPoint up and I said to, to the people there in the room, I said, well, let our system engineer present the technical solutions and then we'll get into the nitty gritty afterwards. So we went on for about 30 minutes, just promoting our solution, our product, right? Features and the benefits, but also what's in it for the customer. What's in it for you if you join us, if you work with us, if you continue working with us. And in the end, what ended up happening, funny enough, is the president got up and he said, okay, this is a solution I want and Right there and then he asked me, he says, can we work with somebody else in terms of the reseller beside me? Now that was like total unease in the room. And I was just like, because obviously when, so as manufacturers, maybe you know this or don't, but I mean, IT, when you're working with a partner, you're at the hip, right? You're stuck Mm -hmm. and you got to work together. Oh, this created a stink. He said, I don't want to do business with these guys. They outright lied to us. And he's saying this in front of the account exec. This is going to be a disaster. In the end, um, we, we did get the order and ended up, the customer ended up having the president ended up sending a letter to our executive team saying, I don't want to do business with, with this reseller. The, the account exec lost his job over this. And we ended up getting the PO. Now, very sad story. So, again, what's an exa- what is this an example of? Honesty and tr- truth, trustworthiness. Like, customers, if you're selling IT and you're in infrastructure, They're basically giving you the keys of their kingdom. And you have to protect that at all costs. If you do that, you become their trusted advisor. You're there for them. They know. They even tell you ahead of time what projects are coming up. That's the enviable position you want to be in. But if you start doing things based on just getting commissions or extra money for closing a deal, that's a very, very slippery slope to be on. I thought I'd share that with you as well. What do you
0: think the biggest mistakes people make when they try to win back a lost customer?
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about that question. To me, there's essentially there's there's many elements, but three key elements for me come to mind. So the first one and very important is always stay in touch. Like right? even if you lost that deal and maybe you'll be out of that account for could be three months, like you mentioned, could be six, could be 12 months, could be three years, but always keep contact, right? Keep building that rapport, not only with the contacts, because what's crazy here, sometimes the contacts that you think are your bigger supporters, other guys or gals that actually sank your project, right? They decided to go with somebody else because guess what? Customers lie. Customers right. lies all the time. Right. So just relying on those contacts, right? So continue staying in touch. Continue staying present, very important, right? Because you get to hear what's going on internally. Say so step number two is stay current. Look at they're making announcements. If they're talking about awards they've won, right If they're participating at certain events, venues, maybe they're doing get-togethers for charitable organizations, things like, so stay current on that. Why is that important? Because when it gives you something to talk about. Right. And when you call them back, you can say, hey, congratulations. I heard you won this award. That's amazing. Like, how is that impacting? You can build a great conversational piece. That's not just about you and selling something. It's about them and, you know, what they're contributing to community. So I think that's a key element. Also continue building your network, right? Because over time, as we know, a lot of organizations, people will come first. You may be working with may have gotten promoted to another role where you're not exchanging with them, but they do know you because they've done business with you. So I would say that is key to continue building those key relationships and also finding out who the newbies are, who the new people are, what their roles and responsibilities are. And it's also a great way to find out as part of your sales process is who are the influencers that are not identified as influencers. These are people that could have a direct access to a president or a VP, right? Or a CFO that can actually help you or sink you. So, by doing so, by staying in touch and keeping on top of things and finding out who's coming in and out, that could be, I think, is another very important element in this. Now, now I'm saying this, dude, this is, it's so simple, but so often we don't do it. We don't Mm -hmm. stay on top of that. So, you can imagine now if you take back, if you look back at some of these accounts and you actually did that, where would you be? If you did that three months ago, where would you be today? If you did that a year ago, three years ago, Where would that take you? Where would that take your business? How would you have grown because of it, right? All in part with your win back, right? Part of the win back strategy, definitely. So another benefit to win back,
0: you've already developed relationships, so that's got to save you time. Actually, do you find that? Like when you're winning back a lost customer, do you find that faster than getting a new client or slower? Because you've got those relationships in place. If you did a great job, I'm sure that would help you. But if you did a crappy job, you're running a deficit so it could hurt you. So on balance, do you think going after customers that you've lost is shorter sales cycles or longer sales cycles?
1: That's a great great question, Dan. And I would tell you, you no, based on what you just shared with us, it depends, right? If you did a crappy job and you're not being accountable and you're not doing what you're saying you're supposed to be doing, you're not doing that. Then, you know, your sales cycles, could they just might not even return your calls. You might not even bother because for them, they want to work with people who bring value, right? And they have so many people to choose from. You're not the only gig in town. So therefore, mm-hmm. if you've done a crappy job on your follow-ups and you're upset with them because they didn't select you last time, then I think it's a lost cause and you're wasting your time move on to another customer. However, the counter to that, if you did spend time, build those relationships, here are some key things that, for me, why it's important when you do have these potential win back accounts, what are the benefits, right? So you can save a. T- so because their accounting department, right, already knows your accounting department, right? The AR, the AP, all that, they know each other, right? They communicate regularly with each other. Yes, I agree. It depends on the size of the organization, But because they've exchanged, they know each other already. And normally, accounting departments are pretty, they don't move a lot. It's not like sales, which is more of a revolving Mm -hmm. door. So that's very important because then you can, you know, they can exchange uh, financial information a lot more quickly. They know the processes. They know who the contacts are. If there's a problem on one side or the other, a lot easier to get things done. So that's a big benefit. Secondly, I would say it's faster because they actually, your customer, that previous customer, knows your sales process. They know the flow. If they send you a PO, they know that it might take you 24 hours, 48 hours to get a PO and an order through. So therefore, if they're in a rush to get things done, they know that they can count on you. If they send that out 24, 48 hours, boom, it's done. It's on order and they're already getting tracking numbers. Very efficient. And that, if you save customer time, brings in incredible value. I would say another benefit is... Um, can most people don't leverage this and I'm, it strikes me as crazy. And that is leveraging credit terms. If you've worked with these customers previously for a year, two years, three years, they've built a solid reputation with you, more than likely your company has given them credit terms. A lot of the times we don't leverage that to this full potential. But we could go back and say, oh, by the way, as you're building that relationship, guys, you still have credit line with us of a hundred grand, 200 grand, a million dollars. It's easy to do business with us. And if you need to place an order, if you need to get something from us, just, you can send a PO and like within 24 hours, you get the tracking number and you've got the credit terms already set up. We don't have to go through that whole process again. So that again, saves time. And a lot of times, especially customers, clients, contacts have changed. They may not be aware of that. And we don't often enough talk about that. And that's an extremely important tool, right? Yeah. Executives. Oftentimes, the executive teams know each other. So if you need to escalate a project, you need to escalate a deal. You need to push a project through. Executives love talking to each other. So if you already have those past relationships and the executives are still there, perfect opportunity to leverage those relationships to get things going a lot faster, right? And escalate escalate even decisions. Gee, I think it, it's so important. And more importantly is if you leverage all these elements, the fifth one is you can close bigger deals faster, more profitably, and you shorten your sales cycle in a big way.
0: Those are fantastic points. They know you, you know them. I remember one of the first big deals I ever did. I mean, that's massive contract because they didn't know us. They didn't know how we would act after the contract was signed. After a year, they knew me, they knew my head of sales, they knew our head of operations, and they knew we always went above and beyond every time we could. So it was nothing to renew the contract Uh, after the first year. and, And there's all that stuff that you talked about. We know their executive team, they know us, they trust us. We're not unknown quantities. Is there anything I forgot to
1: ask or that you'd like to share The one thing I do want to leave with you and your audience is it still strikes me today, y'all. There's so many amazing products, amazing services, amazing solutions. But yet, you know, people just talk about features and benefits, features and benefits. Look how good we are. Look at the awards we got. Look at how many customers are working with us. But in the end, very few actually can say to their customers, what's in it for you? And I think if more people did that... wrapped around the right message around that, which is something I do on a regular basis, your close rates are going to go way up. Their interest is going to go. I mean, if you want to cut through the noise, it's the best way to do it. What's in it for the end customer? What are they going to get out of it? Because we often get too focused on what's in it for me and my commission or whatever. What's in it for my business? But ask yourself in the messaging, what's in it for the customer? And I would tell you very few and seldom actually are able to do that. So I'm going to leave that with you and your audience. That's a great final thought. So if anyone would like to learn more about you or get in contact, what would they do? The best way to do that is through LinkedIn at this time. So it's linkedin.com slash I-N as in Nancy slash Stefan. So that's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-E hyphen Seguin. It's S-E-G as in George. U-I-N as in Nancy. Thank you so much and take care. You too.